why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I have some funny, funny guests for you today. Uh, they are Nadia Mazur, who is actor, writer, and producer of Shugs, Play Shugs, in Shugs and Fats. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And actor, writer, and comedian Rahika, maybe Vaz, who plays Fats. Did I come anywhere near close to, to the correct pronunciation, ladies? The, the H is silent. Okay. Radhika <laughs> Vaz uh, plays Fats, and Nadia Mazur plays Shugs. Well, thank you both for being on the show. Uh, as we begin, give a shout out of your name when you're speaking so we know who's, who's saying what. Uh, in, addition, in addition to this Gotham award-winning uh, web series, Shugs and Fats, uh, the feminist hipster Muslim series you didn't know you were waiting for. Uh, you Believe me, I've seen some excerpts. This is incredible. And we should say that the web series won the 2015 Gotham Award for Best Breakout Series in short form. And when you see it online or anywhere, you will understand why. I guess it's fair to say Shugs and Fats is both a cultural commentary and slapstick comedy with two Muslim ladies in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't even say it without laughing. So, ladies, it's your. <laughs> tell us, how did you even come up with this idea? So, uh, I, a long time ago, I had done a uh, character in uh, a sketch class, a sketch writing class. And uh, who is show. this speaking? This is this okay. Is okay. So, um, ages ago, I had uh, done a sketch about um, a hijabi. Uh, the um, inspiration from uh, for which um, I drew from uh, an experience I'd had as an actress uh, where I had been auditioning uh, a lot and I kept getting called in for um, uh, to play a lot of Middle Eastern uh, characters because, you know, the way I look and everything, and this is all post 9-11, and a lot of writers were writing for uh, those types of stories. Mm-hmm. And I would always get this, um, these these women who were, who were Middle Eastern origin but what I didn't 
love about the writing was typically that the characters were so one note. Which yes. is a problem in general for female characters. Yes. Period. But it just was overwhelming because literally five auditions in a row I'd go in for and it just felt like, oh my God, the same goddamn thing. Is, yes. Is it the same? I was sitting somewhere churning out with four different people. So that upset me. And uh, being a comedian, I retaliated in my own way, which was to create a character where I flipped the script completely and I had a character that looked like the women these guys were all talking about. Yes. But she didn't sound like it. She didn't feel like it. And, and you know, she had, she had soul. So that was, that was how I came to this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Nadia and I started working together, but she had a completely different track where she was already developing a character. Um, mm-hmm. And then we said, so I'll let her talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yes, I was working on, this is Nadia speaking. Thank you. Um, I was working on a one-woman show at the time, Burke Off, which yes. was about growing up in a conservative Pakistani Muslim family while living in the West and kind of straddling that conflict. And so I was really interested in portraying um, uh, different Muslim women and breaking the stereotype. And then me and Raz came together to essentially create a project together where we were both talking about kind of what we faced as women growing in pretty restrictive traditional um, families and then using comedy as a conduit to expose those kind of ideas. You, you know, it's grand when I still believe with all my heart that comedy is the way to educate ourselves and to expose our foibles and prejudices in a way that makes us laugh at ourselves and then go, oh, we do that. We are that. And and you two ladies have certainly accomplished that. Uh, tell us, Rad, a little bit about your woman woman show. The uh, what is it, unladylike? And you, you have yeah. another older, yes. Yes. Um, so I did two shows. My first show was called Unladylike: The Pitfalls of Propriety, and that was very much about how uh, femininity is regarded pretty much worldwide and how it's so important for women to have these feminine traits and, uh, you know, and I have like a whole segment on how when women fart, it's just a completely different thing from when men do it. And my attitude towards oral sex and how it's really quite different from how we're expected to, uh, you know, respond to it and <laughs> female orgasm and, and how it's just not as pretty as we would like it to be. Yeah. So on and so forth. And then my second show is called Older, Angrier, Hairier, which, uh, where I move on from a lot of that, but it's still about, uh, you know, how I see things, how the gender roles, I just, how I see them. And uh, it's specifically in relation to um, domestic duty, which is, you know, uh, taking care of the home and how that tends to be uh, a role that women play regardless of what else they're doing in their life. Yes. Um, the idea that, uh, you know, all women have to want to have children, whereas that's really not something men are expected to do. Most men, you know, if you talk to a lot of them, you know, the, the woman made the, the push to have the baby in the relationship. Mm. Uh, and then finally about how age um, has more of an impact in a lot of ways on women. And that's why you see women abusing themselves so much more with Botox and surgery and and, and just emotional abuse, uh, you know, because oh, I look like this, I look old, I don't look pretty anymore, I'm not feminine. So I've always sort of been in that sort of play, that area. I'm always looking at the issues that have affected me very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I forgot your question, but I hope that answers it. <laughs> no, it did. No, no, no. It was excellent. And and Nadia, uh, how, Nadia how did you come up with the, the two of you, uh, Brooklyn of all places? I mean, I, I think well, I know, but, but tell you tell us. Yeah, well, 
well, I mean, I live in Brooklyn, and uh-huh. when Raz was in New York, we spent a lot of time in Brooklyn, and I think just because it's, you know, very much at the hub of, um, you know, postmodern secularism, we thought it would be a really interesting place to have these traditional characters land and arrive and kind of um, straddle what it means for them to be liberated Brooklynites while also coming from traditional cultures. Now, so a lot of it was because, you know, I lived there. Yeah. It, <laughs> that works too. I was, I lived yeah. in Queens and Manhattan uh, for Oh, goodness, quarter of a century, I guess. It's uh, great places. I love Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn gets a bad rep sometimes. It's really beautiful places. And, of course, it had a ringside seat at 9-11. And uh, uh, it's it's just all of the boroughs have their own unique quality, but there's a lot of cultural, uh, cultural, uh, what do I want to say, mix everywhere. And I, I love that about New York. So you now have a an award-winning internet web series it's hysterically funny nobody I, I don't think is expecting it tell me about when you got the award and your your acceptance speech how much of that was your humor and how much of that is true life for you uh first of all like every time anyone asks me about the acceptance speech i always say this it was like being blackout drunk frankly <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> anything after they called our names. I remember nothing. I just remember she jumped up off her chair the moment they said Shooks. I was still in, I didn't hear it. She <laughs> grabbed my hand and we ran to the stage because not to mention the fact that we were sitting so far away from the stage, our category, we were all like in the wings. Yes. So we ran to the stage and we were, I couldn't breathe. Like when I watched the video back now, I'm like, oh my God, I was completely breathless. <laughs> so it was so spontaneous. Mm. We were dressed uh, we went to the show in, you know, we won the red carpet in character. We attended the event in character. Uh, we were dressed in our hijabs. And um, I think that we definitely held on to the character through the nervousness and the breathlessness and the blackout drunkness. Um, <laughs> but it was definitely 100% spontaneous. And then, I think that other than the, the Donald Trump thing, which we discussed a little bit, we didn't, we didn't plan anything. No, we didn't plan at all. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the other people who were in it, you know. We've seen the other shows that had been nominated as well. And it's, it's we were no expecting. We were. It's not yeah. really so narcissistic to really believe you'll win. You can hope for it, and we really did hope we would. But we didn't, we didn't, we didn't expect it. Yeah. Yes. You know, we hear this a lot, and I certainly believe you. As I watched it a few times, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think you were drunk, but I did think, you know, they were just not ready for this, and it's all spontaneous, and it's hilarious, and it's wonderful, because it's happened. Because as, you, as you've said, for all of its humor, there is yeah. a cultural, political message here that's universal. It may be more extreme in some cultures than others, but it's universal. It's in Brooklyn as well as Pakistan. Let's put it that way. What are your thoughts about uh, the impact? Or is that a driving force or are you just entertaining? Um, I think that as the characters have evolved, we're definitely looking at different socio and cultural issues that really affect us. You know, one the biggest one being feminism and mm. speaking about all of the issues that women face. So, for example, in season three, we're really, you know, one of our episodes is about periods and we're looking at misogyny around periods. Um, so they, these issues really come from the things that me and Rad as people and women are always talking about and facing. Yes. Um, and I think that the more as the characters evolve and the show evolves, we definitely want to use it to be able to look at issues that we care about, but always with a comedic 
perspective and a comedic lens. Yeah. And I think we do that in all of the other projects that we do, whether it's together or separately. You know, Nadia's one woman show, my book, everything. It's always, you know, with that lens of how can we bring to light issues that we face and make it universal through comedy. Yes, yes. Because that's it. Again, once you get them laughing, people laugh and laugh, and that's great. I love humor. But it's that after laugh. It's it's that after show even when they go, hmm, and they begin to yeah. see themselves or, or wives nudge their husbands. Or better yet, the husband turns to his wife and says, sorry, honey, <laughs> you know something. But it comes, yeah. it, it's so powerful when it comes from uh, humor. I know we've got a, another whole segment, but l- let's talk a bit now about what's happening uh, Thursday, April 14th at 6 p.m. at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York City. You are presenting what? Tell us about that. So we're very excited. It's a part of our launch of season three, which is our newest season, which is not anywhere up yet, not seen. So uh, we'll be launching four episodes from season three at the Regal Battery Park on Thursday, April 14th at six o'clock, and you can still get tickets. And then we're launching the entire season, uh, which are 10 episodes, digitally online on, on Friday, April 15th. So um, we're really excited to see how people respond to this to this season. We've definitely upped the provo- uh, how provocative it is and the socio-political commentary that we're doing. So it's going to be interesting to see how people respond. Tell us a little about Jimmy Jimmy the Cricket. <laughs> Jimmy the Cricket is Shug's imaginary uh, wise uh, friend that often comes to her in dreams and prophecies and gives her gives her. Um, You know, it's such, um, again, I think everything you do, everything I've seen of what you do, while hilariously funny and entertaining, and I want to stress that, this is a funny show. All of the, the series is hilariously funny. But under that humor, there is always a respect for gender. There is an education going on. There is a reaching out to different cultures. It's all there, but it is first and foremost funny. And to reach back to a Disney character as your voice of reason, I thought was hilarious. Uh, Just hilarious. So anyway, how about catcalling? Let's go through a couple of the episodes and, and tell us about that. of how it's so normalized. Uh-huh. It is so normalized for a woman to walk past uh, a group of men and if the men say anything sexually sort of um, to provoke her, uh, it's just normal. We we just walk away from it. And that's the advice we're given as well. Like, don't even make eye contact. Just keep walking. Just ignore them. Mm-hmm. And you are these two characters that are somewhat innocent to all of that. And so... Uh, they see these two guys catcalling and, 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 you know, saying stupid things to these women as they go by. And then suddenly a man runs past and they don't say anything to him. And we're like, oh, why is that? Poor fellow. He, he must be feeling so left out. And so we start catcalling. <laughs> and then obviously we take it to the next level where we start getting really ridiculous with the guys who actually do the catcalling and make them feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So it was really about just taking that and, and flipping it around. Yeah. I liked... Uh, Thelma and Louise, because it was one of those movies where women were seen uh, as women trying living in a world where they were 
you know, catcalling was the least of it, where they were victims of rape and and uh, hunted and you know all of that. And it, it's just it belongs in our films and TV and now our internet because it is a part of a global culture. Women have always been used and abused. And even when happily married, they have been second-class citizens. What are your thoughts? Definitely. I mean, one of the things for me, at least in my one-woman shows, has been to talk a lot about, uh, you know, marriage and what it means and how it changes people and how you shouldn't be changed by it. And uh, I'm lucky that I am part of a, a family that's more liberal and uh, a relationship where it is very equal, but even within my equal relationship, I had to push a lot because I am married to an Indian man and he has been raised by an Indian uh, in a very patriarchal system. And it was important for me to really explore that particular relationship and always make sure that I was being somewhat true to what I was saying. And so, you know, this I, I went into marriage, I think, 11 or 12 years ago, thinking that it would be all about making the other person happy mm. and how, and, and with a more traditional viewpoint, but the moment I did actually get married, I started to realize how unhappy that would make me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talk about it in my shows in, 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 a, in a slightly more oblique way, obviously. But yeah, it, it's definitely something that I think a lot about. I think, yeah, to add to that, that women are, you know, traditionally secondary citizens, like you said, mm-hmm. is especially in respect to, like, self-determination, you know, like, how they determine their own lives, their future. It's always, like Raz said, in, um, it's always determining the life, helping other people determine their lives, or being the supportive figure, right? Like, yes. supporting their children, supporting the powerful men in their lives. But, you know, the priority is always supposed to be as a supporter, as opposed to somebody who is determining their own path, their own trajectory, and being supported. I think one of the things that's so awesome about Shrugs and Fat is that as individuals, they are trying to determine their own individual paths and their own lives without the influence of men. But then they're also being the support system for each other. And that's something that you can really see a trend in Broad City and and Amy Poehler and the women that she works with in like female relationships and female friendships that are really helping each other move forward. And that's something that I think we speak to a lot in our our friendship in Shrugs and Fat. Absolutely. We are talking to the actors and writers and producers of Shugs and Fats, Nadia Mazur and Rahika Vaz, I hope. (laughs) Nadia plays Shugs and Rod plays Fats. And we, we are acknowledging, accepting and embracing that humor, such tremendous, perhaps unexpected humor from because of our own uh, limitations and and seeing the world, it it comes at us from a visual that we don't expect. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say, and it's so interesting that you say that because I think, uh, oddly enough, Nadia and I probably I, I can't speak for Nadia, but uh, for me, it was never. It's not that unexpected, unexpected because I guess the idea was ours. Yes. But I never really sat down and thought, wow, no one's ever seen two really funny hijabis. Yes. It, it never came from that place. It was so organic for both of us. Yes. And it was only after the fact that we started to notice uh, what you're telling us, yes. which is absolutely correct. Yeah, it's unexpected. No one's expecting it from that particular quarter and yes there it is and you know and that makes that is also an education because you you go away at least i did after i laughed my head off i went 
well, why didn't I expect it? Why, why can't they be funny? I mean, you know, so even in that, we have such inhibitions even, we have such hesitation and too little knowledge about different cultures and about the other gender, which shouldn't even be called the other gender. We're all in here together and you outnumber us and still, well, yeah. it's it's been incredible talking to you. We are not going away. Anyone stay with us. We will be right back to talk to Nadia Mazur and Rahika Vaz about their award-winning internet web Gotham Award for Best Breakout Series, short form. It's hilarious, and we have a lot more to talk about, so stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. A little Polish film entered indie theaters in 2014 and surprised everyone with its staying power. Ida drew audiences through word of mouth and earned itself a favorite place in the foreign language Oscar race. Under its quiet surface, Ida suggests the universal struggle of mankind to make sense of our existence. This is a world which fights to attain moral goals and leaves behind the detritus of corruption. Ida's journey is our path. A Catholic initiate, Ida's image of self, has been formed in a convent. Before taking her vows, she must now learn the secrets of her past. Guided by her deeply savaged aunt, Ida will discover her ancestry and the devastation that made her an orphan. Here we have allegory, vast human truths presented through an individual story. Visually, every frame of this stunning black-and-white film is worthy of display for the ages, with pearlescent detail emerging effervescent from deep shadow, beauty defined. Ida is contemplation at its best. True, contemplative might be read as warning, boring, boring, but not here. In this case, it is an apt opportunity to consider the state of mankind and our place within it. Mesmerizing. Ida. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. My guest today actor, writer, and producer Nadia Mazur, and actor, writer, and comedian Rahika Vaz. Nadia Mazur plays Shugs, and Rahika Vaz plays Fats in the award-winning Shugs and Fats. It's a new web series, um, although it's done two seasons already. It has won the 2015 Gotham Award for Best Breakout Series Short Form. And the ladies, of course, have worked separately as well as a duet, and it is hysterically funny. We're going to pick up a little more information from Nadia about her one-woman show, Off. Tell us, Nadia, tell us about that, and how, how does it connect you with Shugs and Fats? Essentially, 
the journey of a young girl who is trying to find her identity and where her sense of morality and ethics come from while straddling, you know, these, um, these diametrically opposing worldviews. And that is, so that was a lot of the work that I was already doing. And I was thinking a lot about the burqa and the bikini, which are two parallel garments that I show in my show and um, working on, on that. So me and Raz were actually developing and working on our shows, our independent one-woman shows at the same time. Yes. And it was during that period that we loved working with each other that we started talking about creating something together. And um, kind of because of what we were both working on, Shugs and Fats uh, was the best direction that we found. Fantastic. Shugs and Fats. You know, uh, uh, there's no denying, and you, you've already acknowledged this, we all know we're in a post-9-11 world, and ISIS still claims uh, more than its fair share of headlines how has it, it? It doesn't sound to me. I, I mean, and I find that astounding. But it doesn't sound to me that you ever allowed even the thought of that to inhibit your writing this, producing, performing it. I don't get the impression that you did it for started out for political reasons, but more for cultural and 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 gender equality. Uh, maybe it was just sheer entertainment. But your timing. I mean, wow, one, it's, well, you, t you tell me. What made you say we have to do this now? I, I think it, 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 you're right. There wasn't a conscious decision on either one of our parts to, you know, to ride a wave, so to speak, uh, because we, we didn't know uh, that, uh, yeah, it was, it was never part of the, that was not part of the plan. I think it was just coincidence. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when I did... The, my, my video, my, my one sketch, which was sort of the foundation for my wanting to be part of this particular project ages ago, uh, it was very much about gender. Mm. It wasn't at all about the, you know, a, a culture, about Islam. It wasn't religion. It wasn't, it wasn't motivated by religion. It wasn't motivated by politics. It was just motivated purely from a gender perspective. And uh, it, for me, to a large degree, everything seems to come from that place uh, and still does. So I definitely don't think we had a conscious uh, feeling of this is, this would be great timing to do this type of show. Not at all. You know, and... and happened, Go ahead, yeah. Nadia. Uh-huh. I was just going to say, when I was working on Burkhoff, it was really... It was just more about my personal story and how there were there weren't you know I was getting a lot of encouragement and support from my my female peers which are like you have to tell this story because it's an unheard of story yes. which I think in and of itself becomes political because why are why is my story so unheard of mm. but the intention was always just personally story personal storytelling and of course the fact that I happened to be raised in a Muslim household you know became made it political. I understand it. Uh, as I again, as I watch the episodes, I thought, you know, this really is about something that transcends all cultures. And I think I mentioned that in the first segment. It is about uh, equality uh, and justice for all. It is about a woman having uh, n not just the same rights as a man, but just the ability to think freely and express one's freely from sexual things to anything else. I mean, some of the sexual jokes in uh, what is it, the Valentine, Valentine's, Happy Valentine's Day? I yeah. just, I nearly fell off the bed laughing. Talk to us. Tell us about Happy Valentine's Day. Well, um, Happy Valentine's Day is part of our um, uh, means of when we create these short clips and where, you know, chicks and fats are responding to the holiday 
holiday vibe. And um, it's essentially she was talking about Valentine's and how the essential thing to remember is that we have to love ourselves and respect ourselves. Yes. And hug ourselves. And it leads to them understanding that you have to give yourself a lot of... Uh, is Asian and I cannot tell you how many times she has come home and it's so not devastating in the sense that she comes home crying she comes home angry that she has to say to me I need you to make this call and because I'm in the media I, (laughs) I sometimes do more than make a call I will go with her to whatever business or whatever's giving her uh, you know, just sort of not, I don't, it's it's difficult because men generally don't have to deal with this. So every time it comes to my attention as a man that other men are treating women as though they don't have time to be bothered, I find it perplexing first and then I get angry. But there was a, a let's just call it a utility service of some sort, and I went into the business place of business with her, and I announced what was true. I am, um, I do have two talk radio shows. I do radio news. Uh, I have many connections in the media and New York, etc. And um, this, and I never say I'm her husband, uh, because that defeats the whole purpose. And this yeah. this young lady has brought to my show's attention that there's certain issues here about her bills and how she's treated and when she's trying to get answers, etc. And if you could see, this I find even more appalling, how they jump through hoops because yeah. I'm there saying it. And my yeah. la- my last statement always to them, whoever it is, and unfortunately it has happened more than once, I will say... Now, the next time this woman walks in here with a problem, I don't want to hear from her that she couldn't have it solved on her own because then I will be back. And it, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a it, it, as you say, we're born into this world, both male and female, but, but we do get to choose how we respond to it. And the way you ladies are responding to it with things like dirty jokes and cat calling, I mean... Uh, and Jimmy to Cricket, I mean, really. Okay, uh, let's get back to you. You know, there's a ticketed screening that's going to be held, and we may have mentioned it already. We'll mention it again. Regal Cinemas at Battery Park Stadium 11 on April 15th. The episodes will be available for viewing online at TribecaFilm.com. Tell us about being involved with Tribeca, Robert De Niro, and the whole gang, Lower Manhattan. <laughs> um, I think for us both, uh, the Gotham's was sort of the starting point. 
point is this we had been flying under the radar until that time you know just our subscribers and people who sort of knew us from our shows was really the only audience we had and then the gossips came along and 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 really helped um us get get out there and and become a more known entity yes. and uh, i do believe that tribeca film festival followed as as a natural sort of succession from that yes what well, what's amazing and we were just talking about this with somebody else was that is that in the last couple of years uh, the online medium has become so you know so vital netflix amazon.com and so many other channels for specifically online content whether it's short form or long form mm-hmm. uh, are out there and there's some amazing programming that you know that you see and most people are familiar obviously with netflix and amazon.com but there's so many other sites and so many other websites and what not that encourage and and have really high quality programming but it's all online and so it's really cool that uh, creators like all of us get an opportunity to be at a venue like the Gotham's or Tribeca Film Festival where it's always been about film yes and now we are embracing all different types of mediums for storytelling and it's it's been great exactly and and you know i think we can all live together everyone thought that um movies were going to kill television and television we're both going to kill radio but uh and the internet's going to kill everything but no i think all media feeds one another and yeah. and gives yeah. it simply opens different doors to to the same places where we want to go which is laughter drama truth uh, you know entertainment and the political and cultural issues it makes us uh one people as a, as a, as the human race i think uh, and and internet has that reach uh, instantly but it also inspires that uh, other media do do their best to sort of reach out further as well but tell us um, how can we find you online for instance facebook google instagram twitter give us some locations where we can uh, where we can click find out more yeah so our um channel um is shugs and fat .tv. So sugarsandfats.tv will take you to all of our seasons. And then Sugars and Fats are on Twitter, which is Sugars and Fats. We have an Instagram account, Sugars and Fats. Um, and you can find uh, Radhika on radvaz.com, which is her personal website. And then my personal website is nadiapmanzur.com. Um, but if you Google Sugars and Fats, uh, we're, uh, we're there. Mm-hmm. You can check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. Uh that that I think is the biggie to do that is really subscribing to the YouTube channel. You will not be disappointed. You will laugh and laugh and laugh and then you will think for yourself and and hopefully see changes, make changes in your own world and life. How about um season 3? Uh is it really um delayed as Jimmy Cricket says or or what uh, yeah well just the thing with season 3 is we wanted to release it earlier in the year but because uh, of just various things we you know we the, the got like i said the got some awards uh, we were flying so far under the radar and then the got some award changed things a lot yes. for us and that's the job this business to a large degree you know one day you're here the next day something happens and 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 things change and uh, because of that change we entered into conversations with a lot of different online platforms to try and find out whether there was 
something beyond our own YouTube channel that we could do. And I'm glad we waited because Chaitanya came along, and the yes. moment that happened, and we knew that this could be uh, an op- option, uh, we decided to do the launch in tandem with the festival, which is, which wasn't the original reason for delay because the original thing I think we did it like in January or something. But we were, you know, we were looking actively uh, just to get the, you know, we just wanted more people to be able to see it. So that's what sort of. Uh, was the reason for the delay, and and now it's not going to be delayed anymore. It's going to be ready in a couple of days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and yes. So uh, so season three starts when exactly? So the online release will be Friday, April the fifteenth. It will be on the Tribeca digital platform, but it will also be on our YouTube channel, which is Sugs and Fats TV, or just Sugs and Fats on YouTube. Um, and the entire season, which is 10 brand new episodes, um, is on Friday, April 15th. It's much more provocative. It's socially and politically on point, and um, Shrugs and Fats have gone to a whole new level. So we're really excited to see how it's going to be received. I, well, I tell you, it's going to be marvelous. Uh, the We should say uh, Shrugs and Fats is spelled S-H-U-G-S, sometimes with the and sign, Fats, or sometimes it is S H U G S A N D F A T S. But yeah. try both. Uh, you know, Google both. They'll come up as they say, and you will be so happy you did. And one of the things I don't think we've talked about, uh, uh, but we want to mention, we talked about a lot of things as far as gender uh, clashing and the cultural differences and uh, men treating women like second-class citizens. But what about specifically? dirty jokes i i just know so many men who think you know and then they say something like pardon my french i can't believe people still say that but um dirty jokes how do you personally and how do your characters respond to dirty jokes told by men in your presence Exactly. But I also think that jokes don't have to be gender specific. So I'm just like, oh, that's okay, fine. I didn't know that. Sorry. How how do you spot a feminist? The point is that I guess you can't, and that's precisely what we were sort of running around trying to. Because you can tell actually. So it's an interesting thing, and I don't know how many people pick up on it, but every time I watch it, I wonder. Uh, it starts as a Okay, that she keeps on asking, uh, what do you think of Kim Kardashian? Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think of girls who wear short skirts? Uh, what do you think of short skirts? What do you think of short So you can tell that even through the, you know, it's, it's through everyone's lens, there's a different way of, of looking at things. There mm-hmm. are people that say, 
you know, covering yourself up is a complete choice and it's a feminist choice. And then there are women who say, no, that's absolutely not true. So um, that was sort of our point as well. It's very hard to tell and you can't make, you know, you can't have preconceived notions about that kind of thing. Yes. Nadia and uh, Rahika, give us some final thoughts. What do you want us to take away from Shugs and Fats and from this interview? What do you want us to know, change, be? a lot of um, preconceived notions about who people are by the way we see them or the way that the society portrays certain cultures. And unless you really investigate and get to know people personally, you, there's so much there's limitation in how we perceive and make judgments about people. And I think Shugs and Fats is pushing to do just that. It's opening up the fact that ultimately, no matter your culture, no matter what you wear, no matter your gender, we're all dealing with the same issues. Mm. By being able to like, like make fun of it and laugh about it, it actually brings us together and brings us on the same page in terms of our shared humanity. Yes. Excellent. Rahika, you want to add anything to that? No, I think Nadia articulated uh, our thoughts quite, uh, quite well there. I did too. I'm most pleased. <laughs> I, I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to talk about Shugs and Fats. Of course, it is an amazing piece of work. I encourage everyone to see it. It is, again, the web series uh, that won the 2015 Gotham Award for Best Breakthrough Series. But I'm also very happy that I got to speak with Nadia Mazur and Rahika Vaz, not only about their one-woman shows and their dynamite duos, Shugs and Fats, but about life and about gender equality and about cultures and preconceived ideas and how humor can bring us all together. Ladies, thank you so very much for being on the show. I'm so appreciative, and I wish you, of course, all the best and everything that's coming your way, that it just keeps getting better and better for you. Okay? Thank you so much. We appreciate thank it. You so much. It was awesome to be on and speak with you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Stay with us, as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Imagine a beautiful vacation resort. Your every need is satisfied. You are comfortable. You stroll surrounded by incredible beauty in the moment, pondering life's unanswerable questions. Now you can understand the pace of Paolo Sorrentino's Youth, a reflective film about two old friends still vibrant in mind, if aged in body and soul. A famous composer of symphonies played by Michael Caine and the famous film director, Harvey Keitel, spend their holiday in a posh, old-style health spa resort. Poked, prodded, and pampered in every way, they savor their long friendship, enjoy their glorified status, and contemplate the essence of life itself, all while still coping with the mundane intrusions the world throws their way. A famous young movie star brought to life by Paul Dano shares their time of luxury. He is the embodiment of confident youthful possibility, in contrast to our friend's reality, limitations and wisdom that come with maturity. Dealing with many of the same themes as Sorrentino's last outing, The Great Beauty, which deservedly resulted in an Oscar, youth is a rewarding contemplative experience in beauty, artistry, sensuality, friendship, and all that makes our lives worth living. Youth. 
not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Women Trump Women Haters. 1513. With or without metal codpiece, Ponce de Leon discovers future home of thongs. 2005. Pope John Paul II, on the wings of arguably the largest funeral ever, returns home. 2016. More than half of American population suffers the slings and arrows of outrageous income disparity, second-class citizenship, and constitutional inequity. In other words, no penis equals diminished returns on education investment, glass ceiling limitations on the rainmaker's rain, and, as for your body, public domain property. Add a dash of color and reap the rewards of gender gap, risk of rape, and small checks and balances on steroids. Finally, for lessons in Christian hypocrisy, political expediency, and red state denial of marital bliss, take your choice of LGBT. Using the Bible to disrespect any American damages personal pride, international reputation as justice for all beacon, and national honor. For better or worse, like virginity, honor is lost when suits ignore female protestations or challenges, choosing to stand by rather than stand up for better half. Honoring equal economic opportunity and income parity is not only an Olympian issue, it is the cornerstone of our global definition, national proclamations, and raison d'etre, unless we elect to declare our Bill of Rights a sovereign moral compass that excludes all but straight, pale-faced males. To embrace an America of financial elites astride to the backs of both working sexes is choosing mob rule over reason, chaos over our democratic republic, and the dishonor of mass treason against all Lincoln and hundreds of thousands fought and died to preserve. We are either the trumped America of a forgotten Tea Party, hooded KKK, and caste system of haters hating diversity of race, creed, and lifestyle, or we are a national work in progress striving to move forward after a calamitous trickle-down banker-induced recession, recapturing its center in the courage of United We Stand. When peace like a river attends the American way, the American dream blooms with the promise of faith and the potential of science. However, when on prom night we elect to roll over and expose our Declaration of Independence to corporatism's Citizens United tool, we carry to term collateralized debt obligations, gender apartheid, and forgetting Earth and our habitable time upon it aren't inexhaustible, both natural resources and, we hold these truths to be self-evident, extinction. Historically, when failing to be first responders to love thy neighbor as thyself, we've become vulnerable to both the lowest domestic common denominator and most violent foreign threat. For example, for our antebellum South to thrive, it sustained itself on a foundation of inhumane servitude, enslaved men, women, and children. 
Native Americans had to be humiliated on a trail of tears to guarantee the survival of an Andrew Jackson presidency and ultimately the sanctity of the Mason-Dixon line. In the 21st century, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, ISDA agreements, corporatisms, pharmaceutical, tobacco, food conglomerates, and oil company boards, and political puppets prostituting the South shall rise again, might require a 21st century Abraham pleading to a god to save us from demigods of, by, and for the street. However, hope is still America's bottom line. For even in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Great Depression, the Cold War, Cuban Missile Crisis, and even Bush-Cheney oil wars induced recession, we have reaped rewards from investing in women and men of honor, integrity, and character. While there is little honor in Chicago murder rates, border walls, mass incarcerations, or Loudoun County CIA use of school buses, our national character, like American female soccer players, is a rapid response team to any individual invitation for liberty and justice for all. Consider this. Emulating good Samaritans like Jacob Grant, Richmond's Chad Dermeyer, and the call to action by the United States women's national soccer team on and off the field, is America's best family value. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.